Good evening. Let's get going. So, we talked about last week, actually we ended, just speaking about shopping, that really, and this is, this is a true metaphor, um, that life is like one of those, like you win those uh, auctions, like the aura auction. Uh, by the way, I once won that aura auction. I, I never felt so popular in my life. I got like emails and texts from around the world. It's unbelievable. It was like... I could want I could have won a million dollars in the lotto in California and nobody would know, but I won some like your, your wife getaways maybe three thousand dollars whatever it was. Uh, however, I like literally I get emails like I won like the major lottery of a lifetime. It was like unbelievable. I mean you know it was like it, that that lottery has so much publicity. It's it's crazy. So imagine the following thing: Aura has I think they have this. They used to have. Um, get a shopping cart. You have five minutes in the store. Take whatever you want off the, off the shelf. Now, could you imagine somebody taking a break when they have five minutes? They take a coffee break. You take anything you want. All the popcorn. The world's greatest. I wouldn't recommend that, but you could do that. Right? They literally, all you want, it's there for the taking. No one with half a brain would go ahead and say, oh, I'm, I'm a little tired. On the contrary, you would, you would, you would game it that the right way. And it could be you need a five-second break so you can, you know, it's, it's cost-benefit analysis. That's really what life is. You know, you really think about it. We live life, and it's what we do. I must say, I, mean, I mentioned the genealogy thing I've been doing. When you, when you start seeing people's lives, um, and like, you think of legacies, so that's what I'm saying. I can only imagine what HaKadosh Baruch was saying, you know, who, who literally looks at our lives. What did you accomplish in this world? And when you view life, if you view life with that perspective, it's whatever you can do. It's not, Olam Hazeh, this world, it's not about resting. Resting, vacations, um, breaks are, are, are important to get to the finish line. It's not an end of, in of itself. It's kind of like if you need a few seconds in that shopping mall, to, you know, so you don't lose your bearings, great. But you have five minutes. And when you really think about what life is in the scheme of eternity, it's short. And what pushes us is a good perspective. And last week we mentioned one of the biggest blockages of Zrezus is a desire for, for, for enjoyment, cruise control, living it up, comforts, and all of that miscalculation of what this world is. And literally, it's like going in, winning that five minutes in the store, whatever you want. Now, I'm going to a supermarket. Imagine you have five minutes in a vault. Right? Five minutes in a vault. I mean, mitzvahs are a lot more, worth a lot more than popcorn. I know the world's greatest popcorn. But, but mitzvahs are, it's a five minutes in the vault. You can get all the gold and platinum and pearls that you want, and it's there for the taking. Either you chaperain. What's chaperain? You know what chaperain is? I'm gonna give you a little. I'm gonna give you a Yiddish opan. Yeah, yeah, a Yiddish opan. What are you gonna do when you go to Meisharim? What are you gonna do when you go to Meisharim? You gonna speak Hebrew? You gonna speak Yiddish? What's Yiddish, Vessel? It's okay. You'll be fine. You'll get. You need both. If you need Hebrew first, that's true. But but there's certain phrases Hebrew just does not do justice to. It just they, they don't know. It's not as fruitful uh, uh, Hebrew, modern day Hebrew, as Yiddish. Yiddish was used a lot, for a lot more centuries. 
you know, and chap is one of those Jewish terms, like take advantage. Chap you gotta take advantage. Life is short. It's, but, you know, it's words, but what I'm telling you, if, if the more this inculcates into you, the more you chap this, chap, get this, the, it is so transformative. We live, actually, I was just reading yesterday, or this morning, I remember, someone sent me the Yaakov Weinberg Zatzal. Was the Rosh Hashiva of Ner Yisrael in um, in in Baltimore? I mentioned the Shabbos Rabbi Ruderman. It was his yard site on Shabbos, his 30th yard site. When he passed away, Rabbi Yaakov Weinberg became the Rosh Hashiva with his son-in-law. They had one child, one daughter, and that was his son-in-law, Rabbi Yaakov Weinberg. Um, so Rabbi Yaakov Weinberg, that's all he had peace in the three weeks. And one of the things he talks about, this is it's worth it just to mention. He says that a Jew who doesn't want Mashiach, who is comfortable in the Gullis, at some level, it brings a raya from the Rambam, is a dead Jew. It means it's missing, it means you're such a paraplegic. You're so used to, you know, people get used to, he, he talks about how people that were Jews in the Soviet Union in the 19th century, even though they had terrible pogroms, terrible realities, they got used to it. Just like there were Jews who got used to communist Russia. <laughs> and the Jews, you spoke about this week, no? Uh, you get used to it. You, you re- people get comfortable in their reality. You know, you can have a terrible reality, and you just get comfortable with it. You, you can have chronic pain, and that's you just get used to it. You can have terrible gefilach things. Terrible gefilach is just for you if you're open. Gefilach is awful things. Uh, terrible things, and you just get used to it. And he talks about if you if you if you if you are used to gullus. One of the questions, one of the thirteen principles of faith is: We wait for Mashiach every day. One of the questions in Shemaim is: If you're used to that, then then you've, you're missing some of the core of Yahadus. And one of the things he mentions in this piece, if anyone wants, you can email me. I'll forward to. One thing, one of the things he mentions is that. Gullus, one of the greatest things of Gullus is loss of perspective. And I'm walking around San Jose, I was thinking of this piece today. I'm like, you live in San Jose. San Jose, Willow Glen, they're nice people here, by the way. I really, it's like, I was meeting someone for lunch today. This guy came down from Tiburon to meet me. He, I knew him from Miami Beach. He isn't a tech guy. So he wanted to speak to me about being a moving possibly, whatever. So he me, fine. So, so I was telling him, you know, Willow Glen's a very... People are nice people. Most people, you walk around, you know, Blackford, nice people, not bad people. This is not, not people with pitchforks here running after you, calling you a jid. You know, there's no, there's no uh, Hamas or Hezbollah. No, no, these type of people here. But you know what it is? It's crazy that you live a lifestyle of comfort. I mean, not, not supreme, but it's like comfort in life. It's everything they care about. The grass. They care so much about their, their trees. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I'm thinking to myself, what's with the tree? You know, it's like they sit there and they water and they look and they blah, blah, blah. I'm not so against. I mean, it, looks, it makes neighborhood look nice. But like, it's such an investment in Olam Hazar. That's really what it is. I, I, I walk, not bad people. I, I don't mean to be uber critical, but I mean to, for us to get a, a good perspective. You, you can get sucked in. I saw this guy today for lunch. I said... You know, it's crazy. Like, you try to do Kirif here, and it's not even that they're anti, which there are plenty of them are. It's just they're so absorbed by tech. 
they're so consumed, they have like, no room for spirituality. Tech. 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 You don't know the word tech? No, Ooh. I heard tech like a bird. Our next to techno- technology. Uh, they're so consumed by tech that, that they peck away. <laughs> they're so consumed that they have no more speciality. It's like they're, they're shut. They, are, they, can, they live in an alternate universe. And here, like Willow Glen, and there's other, not, there's not a unique neighborhood in the Bay Area, but they're just people into their houses and into their cars and into their kids. So, I mean, the, this, this is like a serious Little League community over here. You ever see these people into Little League? They're like really into the literally, and they're into all these type of stuff, which is, there's nothing intrinsically wrong with any of that. But when you put it all together, it's, a, it's being consumed by Olam Hazah. It's really, and these are decent people, by the way. I can show you some areas of the Bay Area where they're not decent people, where they don't have family values. And, and I'm talking about in a, in a decent people area that it's still so consumed with trees and cars and tech and literally, it's pets. Uh, pets. It's crazy. I'm outnumbered here by the dogs. It's like insane. Um, but pets as well. But I mean, I, but I, but I, I don't mean to be joking around over here. We're we're you know you take a, a person and you live here and you get used to that woo cruise control life. You you, you lose and you're a religious Jew. Yeah. But you know you, you get to the to the to the core issue and. It affects us, don't? I mean, really, when you're, when you're intellectually honest, we are affected by our surroundings. And really, our surroundings is so... I'm not talking about the commercials, which I've mentioned before, or, or, or everything else. I'm just talking about how way decent people live here. Not bad people, good people. It's so Olam Hazeh. It's so Olam Hazeh. It's so Olam Hazeh. It's such a focus... On Olam Haza, it's it's so supremely Olam Haza, very little about Olam. And this is a more religious neighborhood than other neighborhoods in the Bay Area, and it's still overwhelmingly Olam Haza. So if you don't think we're affected by it, you're making a big mistake. We're going in the su- we have that five minutes. Most people they push for a second, they put something down. I need a break. I need a break. Yeah, I push myself too much. Don't you realize that five minutes it's ticking? Tick 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 tick. tick. You know, it's thinking. You're losing time. Either you, you did something, you didn't do something. You, 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 it, 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 and we're affected by it. And that actually, one of the things that Rabbi Yaakov Weinberg talks about, he has some other very salient points, is being affected by the goals in that way. And to the extent you think that's normal for any of us, for a Jew whose essence is to, uh, is to want to connect to Hashem, is to desire that, like by many of us, it's it, our, our connection. I'm talking about you, you ladies of Tzaddik. This is obviously you know here on a Wednesday night. You could be sitting there, you know, looking at the news, you know, going to a bubble bath, a little Olam Hazeh, you know, a good bubble bath. Uh, I don't know if I've never taken a bubble bath. I think so. When I was a baby, I had a bubble bath, but here it's comfortable. I have other bubble baths that I want. Uh, but, uh, you know, you can do a lot of things. Yeah, but, when you, but even us, you know, you think about how we live. And just think about how, uh, if we're honest, you don't have to tell me, be honest with ourselves, how much do we push ourselves for mitzvahs? I'm not I'm talking out of our comfort zone. How much? I mean, how much is it with, is it, with a certain Bechira point, a certain level we, we get comfortable with? 
And how much do we live with reality? It's if not now when. So that's how we ended last week. Now this sounds pretty challenging. It's not like you know walk around. Oh, right. It's a little challenging. It shouldn't be so challenging. Don't get nervous. I don't want anyone coming out here tonight with OCD. Oh, oh, oh. No, no, I don't want to cause anxiety disorders. Neither does the Ramchal. Baruch Hashem. So Ramchal says like this. Now remember one thing. I've said this many times. I'll just reiterate this. Musr, Tahir is like muscles. You gotta lift weights. You know, you push too far too fast. What happens? You have a muscle. I pulled a muscle this week. Of all, of all weeks. So, I know this. Right? You pull a muscle and... You go backwards. What we're talking about is where we should be aiming to, where we should be gearing to, right? how we should be pushing ourselves. But he says, if you're yargo atzmo al zehaderech, yimsa avoida kala alav vada. If you get used to it, if you get the workout, if you push yourself over time, it will be easy. You'll get into Rabbi Noach Weinberg is at Saul, blessed memory. Used to say, used to say, you should have. Serene Zerizus. That was a phrase that he said. Serene Zerizus. Prince cool, calm. I, actually, I've been reading, I read a few bi- biographies, bi- uh, biographies, Rabbi uh, Zlotowitz. And then Rabbi Meir Zlotowitz. He was the founder of Art Scroll. He passed away about two weeks ago. I mean, you read about this person. I, I knew him a little bit. He, we, I, he knew my father, and he's, he, he emailed me over the. Like, I asked him for permission for things. I asked him, I a few times I emailed art school. He personally emailed me because he knew my family a little bit. Um, you know. What's, what's the name? Zlotowitz. You should look him up. It's Kedairitz. Z-L-O-T-O-W-I-T-Z. Mayor Zlotowitz. You can open your art school sitter. <laughs> or art school homage. Or you get your Mishpacha or Ami or Amodia or, or anything Jewish. He'll be in there because they don't have any of them around. Yeah, he's right in front of this book. You allude to him in the New York Times. In the New York Times. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I mean, he was, but he was remarkable about the man, besides all he did. And he, I mean, you think about, you think about what school accomplished. There's not a Jew in America, to a large extent, a religious Jew, certainly, who has not been affected by art school. I mean, it's unbelievable. He has a chilek and all of that, you know. I mean, somebody donated the machazorim to the shul. So I said to the individual, I'm, I'm jealous. Think about it. everyone who davens with your machs or Yom Kippur, you get a part of the Yom Kippur prayers. That you bought those prayer books for everyone in Yom Kippur. Do you know what it means to have a little cry on Yom Kippur? On Yom Kippur? A little bit of Kavana? That could affect the rest of your eternity. It affect the rest of your year. Your Rosh Hashanah is so... I spoke about this before, Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. How powerful... The butterfly effect, I'm not the Russian way, the butterfly effect they gave about Russian Kippur. Russian Kippur is so powerful. One extra oomph could change everything for the year ahead. And if you change your year ahead, you change your eternity. I mean, it's so... Everybody's Lodowitz. Every boxer he has, he, has a, he has an investment in. I mean, the man was so accomplished. But the, the way they talk about him, I, don't, I didn't read the New York Times obituary, but, but is it, it was all a calm. He, was, he pushed himself. But it wasn't a nervous wreck. I remember once I saw a guy who was Balchuva in the yeshiva. I mean, I'm not talking about Balchuva, like, he didn't grow up Balchuva, but like, yeah, he was grouped a little bit more non And he looked at the guy who was always in a rush. Like, you looked, you ever see a guy running in Manhattan, like, with his tie, like, like, like running, like, like, you know, like, 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 like in a rush out of breath? 
There's this guy, he'll be in yeshiva, every time I'd see the guy, I'd be out of breath. Oh, I gotta learn. I, I, I gotta do this. You know, like, I thought they got have a nervous breakdown. I, you know, I calm down, relax. I, 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 you know, you'll get there. You know, you gotta push serene. Serene is reason. So it's, what we're talking about here is, is pushing ourselves to this. So yim savada kala alavada. If you get used to it, it'd be kala. Every, every person that I've dealt with, and it becomes a balchuva, whether FFB balchuva, there are FFB balchuvas, or not FFB balchuvas, every often be balchuvas. Um, so, I mean, but when they take some, let's say, let's say, very often, not always, Shabbos, big hurdle can, to get Shabbos. And you first, person starts to become observant, if you ask them, they, they look at Shabbos as a, a mountain that is unconquerable. Like, they keep a whole Shabbos, every Shabbos, and they first start, no way, you cannot do, well, do something, do this, and you know what, and then you become religious, Shabbos is easy. I mean, after a year or two of observance of Shabbos, I once heard it from a Choshver, Talmud a person keeps three Shabboses completely, they can, they're set for life. If they can do that for three straight Shabboses, they'll see it's, it's doable, and they'll do it. Right? They just let them invest for three straight, but it's a hard thing, and then you get religious Shabbos is, I remember I was once studying with a boy, and somebody asked me to study with him, and he, and he had a girlfriend, and he said, there's no way I could, you know, I had no way I could separate from this girlfriend. He was not, uh, just, she wasn't just his girlfriend. So this guy, this guy, who I studied with many, many years ago, somebody asked me to study with him, is today living in Lakewood. I can tell you if I would repeat this conversation to him, he would, he would be so embarrassed. I mean, what he thought then, and what's today, it's a different thing. And that's everything in life, by the way. Everything in the beginning seems insurmountable. It's, any challenge seems really difficult. Like not looking at your, your phone looks very, seems very, very hard, right? And then after a while, you can realize, I don't need to look at my, on my iPhone, right? A universe. Uh, I was looking for the obituary. Oh, uh, I, I just give you a hard time. Um, but on a serious note, you get, you get, you, 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 and this is for us. You'll get there. You know, at the end of the day, if you push yourself slightly, gently, you'll get there. It says in Ovis, this is the path of Torah. You should, um, have uh, bread with salt, water, I think, the Ars Tishon, which means you shouldn't, it, it's, it's more of a metaphor, you should not, if you look to live comfortably, if life is about comfort, you will achieve less. Now, everybody has needs. We're gonna, we didn't get to this yet. Our needs, like, I'll tell you one thing, I need to eat a solid breakfast. If I would eat a, a poor breakfast, I would function non-optimally. Okay, so I would learn less Torah that day. I, w- I would do less if I don't have a good coffee too. But forget about it. <laughs> you know, uh, it's, it's uh, you know we all have needs, but there's there's fat. You know, it's, it's a good breakfast, and when you go to even when I go to like an Israeli hotel, my favorite meal in Israel, continental breakfast. breakfast. It's those those like that those breakfasts in those hotels there. It's like all, fresh fruits, fresh everything. Yeah, toast and omelets. I mean, and pancakes. And you make your own orange juice. They have a juice today. You take an orange. All right, are you getting hungry? So it's all sold. Uh, 
So I mean, you get that's excessive, right? So everyone has that balance of what's needed. So this is important. So it's worth it to have woken up just for, to hear this today. If you need extra comforts beyond what your real needs are, those extra comforts will pull you away from Jesus. That doesn't mean what's, there's no one here the same comforts and needs. And we're all different. Right? We're all different. But for all of us, there are needs. Right? There's certain needs for getting health, for exercise, certain needs to eat good meals. Right? It's, I can tell you that Shmuel Kamenetsky, I eat himself many a time, and I know him very well. He eats very healthy. He eats a good solid meal. He eats, I mean, he eats like the real whole wheat. Like there's not, it's a hundred percent whole wheat bread. A hundred percent whole wheat bread. It's not like, like you know, most of the things you buy is like sixty percent or fifty percent. It's like, he, you know, he exercises. He, you know, he's in his nineties now. Can I horror but he has, everyone has their, their, their needs. No one's, he doesn't sleep on the ground, but it's not a desire for comfort. Actually, you're about to see how and there's a man that's about this. It's a hashkafa. If you look at this world as looking for comforts, you will sacrifice spirituality. I once heard from one of my rabbis, Hagoyen of Belsky, who was not only the Roshiva in Tervedas, but he was the Poisek for the OU for many years. So he said, every issue in cautious comes when people want everything. If you're not willing to, you know, when, when cautious is bent, it's because of the desire that everything you want, you need to have this. I need to have this. So people sacrifice on, on their, on their cautious. I, I need to eat this vegetable. Forget the cakes. I need this. I, it's impossible to check for bugs, or it's very hard. I, every, he said, like, if you look at Hachshirim or people, and he knew, and he was the Gadol, he was a great person, and he knew tremendous amounts of the place, greatest place in America. But in food, he was the Gadol Hador. He knew, he, he knew, not only, did he, not only was the post for you, he knew, he knew all how every machine worked. <laughs> he knew, he understood the insides and outs, as not of Shulchan Aruch, but of, 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 of the science of, of food. He could tell you when people were making errors because they wanted it all. You, Right, so you got to sometimes pick a life. What, what do you want? Do you want to be that spiritual person? Maybe vacations. You got a person who wants a vacation? What do you want? I mean, I sometimes ask people like, with their questions, like, what, yeah, I don't push people. But so, and, you know, you want to go on a vacation. So they go on a vacation. Let's say it's a guy. There's no minyanim. There's no tayra. Yeah, the kashris. I mean, they're going to the restaurant in Yehutzville, and Yehutzville has... Uh, the Vada Vihutsville, who's the Vada Vihutsville? They have no idea. I mean, get out of town. Yeah, you take these people, they go to, I used to see in Miami Beach, which, which is as good as you get, and all the foods, all the as many Daffy as you want. People come, I've said this before, this person comes out of New York, and they get to Miami, and that, the Hawaiian shirt comes on, right? Uh, you know, they put in the, 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 the Kamana music in the background. Da, 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 da. <laughs> like, all of a sudden, I don't want to sing. First, I don't want to scare my singing. It's also three weeks, but you know, I'm not joking. They, they, they were looking for vacation. They they looked for what they wanted and not for spirituality. I'm not telling you you can't go to Miami Beach. I grew up there. I know Miami Beach very well. I can do very well. There are many Eretz Jews that go to Miami Beach. Chassidish rabbis and Rosh Hashivas that go to Miami Beach. I'm not I'm not, I'm not aware of Miami Beach's economy over here. But w- when you're going for to do things, comforts. No, people go for comfort. You go on vacation. 
go to Hawaii. I mean, I said to someone to Hawaii. There's a Dateline issue in Hawaii. There's <laughs> there's, there's there's a compromised environment in Hawaii. Um, again, you can go to Hawaii and do very well, but you know, is it is it really? Are you sacrificing your spirituality for fun? And that's that's not an occasion. It's in life. It's in life. So he says says to Ramchal, you got to know that if you're looking for comforts always, it's, you're going to compromise on other things. You're going to you're looking at you're looking at me. Do you, you don't agree with Ramchal? Me? Yeah. Absolutely. You absolutely agree. Give me this like face. <laughs> Maybe speaking to yourself. I don't know. Uh, you know. Uh, it, it, but you know what? All of this. It's just a pick up a thing. I'm constantly going to say it over and over. If you really think about it, and you're honest. You know, it's interesting though. Somebody came to you recently about it with a Muslim safer. Um, person who actually listens to this class online and does not come. And they asked me a question. And it was clear that they, you know, this is perspectives. All of this is how you apply it to yourself. We're talking about black and white here. You know what life is? Great. Great. So you need to take the material and apply it to your own life, your own. It's, it, this is objective. So you already know where you are spiritually, where you are in your comfort zone, what you're working on. But this is true. <laughs> what he's saying here is 100% true. How, how you'll apply it into your own life is a, a different, different strokes for different folks. folks. Making sure everyone knows the phrases. Over there. Uh, different strokes for different folks. But this is a, if you want comfort, you will compromise on spirituality. If you want only comfort? I mean, if you're, there's a certain degree well, of comfort Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I um, I thought it was, there's a distinction between like seeking comfort just for the sake of being healed, okay. and, and like the example you gave of breakfast. Like, right. You, the way you said it, you gave the impression that you don't view it as just having an indulgent right. breakfast because it's there and you can. Right. But because you recognize that you're going to derive benefit from the day from it, and you're going to accomplish more that you wanted to. Exactly. So I think. So I help, actually the author. You're right. The author will flesh that out later in, when he talks about precious. That what we need in this world, like, you know, uh, uh, whether it's, so, uh, listen, I have people asking me, Shalas, in three weeks about music. It's not a comfort. It's literally they will get depressed without music. Now, changes the question there, right? It's not a, I'm not saying that's a blanket, uh, you know, for whoever, but if someone's getting depressed, it's not a comforting. Music is because it's comfort. If the person needs, it's literally a, a, a mental need, right? I can tell you, I am, I am a, I am a finicky sleeper. I'm not terrible finicky, but I, my, you know, I have, I have, my brother-in-law. I, I'm, I said this once before. I admire the man. I saw him when he was a buck. He would sleep on a chair. I go on a plane red eye. I cannot fall asleep on a red eye ever. I go on a plane. I think I, I, I can't. I need a normal bed. I need, you know, quiet. I used to, want, I, used to I used to bring a sound. You know the sound machines. Kevin has one. Oh, I'm a sound machine person. Yeah, he does. Pl- white noise. I don't want to hear, like, I, 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 you, know, you know, I got that. My, my siblings were younger. So I used to bring it to the yeshiva. You know, my roommates were like, oh. And then I'd find them turning them on themselves. And I, you know, <laughs> like, they were the same guys. It was like, the first night, oh, I feel like I'm on an airplane. All of a sudden, every night before they went, they go to the bathroom, they turn on the sound machine. They couldn't fall asleep. I was getting used to it. But, you know, I know myself. I... It's not, it's not a luxury. That's a person's need. You, gotta, you really got to know what you need. But we, I have, and you have, and we all have needs, and we have luxuries, but we really don't need. Right? And we all actually, once in a while, we all need luxuries. 
what some taste is a luxury is not a time of need. You know, it's, it changes. Like there, there are certain things that are in that gray area that today you need a little, you need, you know, it could be for somebody that's a hard day, they need the bubble bath. Right? They need that bubble bath. That's not, you know, if they need a bubble bath every night, that's going to be stopping them from doing chesed and having time for mincha and doing all kinds of stuff. Now, it could be to function, they need a bubble bath every night, then that's a need. That's who they are, you know. It's like saying that a person who needs eight hours of sleep should get seven hours of sleep. What happens when you, get, when you need a certain amount of sleep and you get less? Cranky. You get cranky and you get sick after a while. So, but what, let's say you need seven hours of sleep and you go for eight hours of sleep. What do you think? That's great. It's, you get extra sleep, then you're fucked. No, no, you don't. If you only need seven and you're getting eight, you actually feel lethargic. Really? Yeah. It depends on the person. Huh? It depends on the person. When you, when you need it, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about a person who needs seven. <laughs> I, it depends on what, what you need. But once you, if you, if you need, you, know, you have to hear what I'm saying. You need seven. That doesn't depend on any person. If you need seven and you get eight, you just you're, you're sluggish. You're not doing. You're not accomplishing. So, just like sleep is subjective, people's needs are subjective in general. But you'll accomplish when you, whoever you are, whatever you're doing, when you're not looking for comforts now. Or even if see the Azizus, who another thing that which causes to learn Zizus to uh, accomplish. By the way, you're Mrs. Mrs. Stolen, you're making Aliyah at the right time. Used to be still with serious nefesh. By the way, you should get a lot of credit for that. But it used to be to make Israel move in Israel. You know, I remember not that long ago it was a third world country. When I was a kid, you go went to Israel. I mean, literally, they didn't have orange juice. You didn't have orange juice in the place. They have meat. They have normal, no normal meats and cream cheese. Forget about. They still have normal cream cheese. They have to import that from America, right? But they have most things today in Israel. They have air conditioning. Finally, it took them a while to get. They didn't have toilet paper. That was normal. They didn't have tissues. I mean, it was like, yeah. and that was that was 25 years ago. I, I 45, 50 years ago. My first trip to Israel was in the 70s. I took toilet paper. Yeah, yeah, I know. That was it was known, right? Yeah. I mean, I I, I mean, I'm, I'm talking like that. that I, I had a gap of a few years going to Israel. It's like, whew, country, the high tech hit there. You know, the, the, the right wing took it over. No longer the kibbutzim. It was not socialist anymore. It became, you know, Netanyahu, whether you like him or not, I mean, he really affected the economy there. His plans, you know, over the years had a tremendous effect. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a different country. But you know what? Even today, it's for sure a compromise in comfort. I mean, that, you, how do I know this? That's plenty of Israelis who live here. They'll tell you, it's much more comfy here than Israel. Yeah, much easier. Much easier. You know, it, Israel is a, for, objectively more spiritual. Objectively more... And it doesn't mean that it's for everybody. It's not. But objectively, there's no place like Israel. <laughs> objectively, there's more Ruchnias there than, and, and much more Ruchnias in Israel than in, 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 in San Jose. Or New York, or or LA, or I'm Chicago. Israel. I'm not talking about the, the, the country. I'm talking about the, the, the land of Israel has more ability to connect to Hashem. Now, again, the Rambam says, the Gemara says, there are certain people that can get more Ruchis and Chutzlar. It's a favorite Gemara. So, and there's a guy who dived into it tonight. He's Israeli from Haifa. He's a Baal Tshuva. He told me he, in Haifa he's completely religious. He's now in Staten Island. He's a religious Jew. It doesn't mean. I'm not talking about individuals. I'm talking about the country, the land. And if you're going there for the right reason, you have more. 
Did he get to give up? There are many people who didn't, who don't, 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 don't go because of comfort. Many people don't go for good reasons. They have family here. They have a better parnasa here, and they won't, in Israel they'll be needy on people. Being dependent on people is a really bad idea. <laughs> really bad idea. You know, you become shady, you go this, you get that. You know, you're dependent on the government, dependent on, on stock. All. You don't want to do that, right? For some people, they have negative influences. I, you know, I tell Israelis whose families that are religious, think very long and hard before you go back. It's much easier when you're not around that kind of environment for marriage. There's good reasons not to live in Israel today. But objectively, in theory, we should want to live there, for sure. So why don't many people do it? For most people, by the way, in this show and around, there's good reasons or legitimate reasons. But for some people, it's just they don't want to give up. They just don't want to give up comforts. You know, it's just, I don't want to live. I can't handle it. I ask these those. Why do you want to go back? It's too noisy. No, I'm not blaming them. Can you imagine after 120 years, God's going to say, you could have, you, you, it's not like you, you could have made a parnasah in Israel. Why didn't you live in Israel? Too noisy. Or, are you going to live in Dira? I can live in a house like Bagatbo. I can live in a house. You living in a house or an apartment? Apartment, you know, right? You see, give me up a house or an apartment. Huh? You're going to be an apartment. You live in Haifa, no? You don't know. I've got to talk to you about it. There's a nice place, Mayor Sharp. I'll teach you Yiddish first. I'll show you. You'll be, you'll always send me, I'll give you it. Uh, you'll, be, you'll be great. You'll say, Chapalai, you'll go to the streets. Right? No, I'm ser- on, on a serious note, you go from a house to an apartment. It's not easy. But let's say a person wants to live in Israel. You want, you want to be spiritual. Again, I'm not talking about Israel because of Zionism. I, I'm being the wrong person for that. To me, Israel is good if you connect to Hashem. It's all about a Kaddish Baruch Hu. You know, I'm, not, I'm not saying anti. I'm just telling you the reason you go there is because of the Kaddish Baruch Hu. You get to Kaddish Baruch Hu. You know, because not to wave a flag. If, if, it's great if, if, if you're in the land of Israel and you appreciate the land, you appreciate that the, the government lets you there. Great. That's not the reason you're going. You're going, you're not, you're going there because you're going to connect to Hashem. That, 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 that's the reason you go. That's great. But people don't do certain things because they're comforts. I speak to someone recently. I said, move close to this shul. They would do much better. They would do much better. Why? Why do they want to do it? You know why? Tell you guys why I want to move. Why not? Nope. They like their house. Nope. But close. Same idea. It's, it's uncomfortable to move. Ooh, Packing. Uh, so, but let's, let's, let's analyze this. Let's analyze. I, it's, it's a legitimate thing, right? Let's analyze this. Imagine the following thing. That if they would come to the shul, they would come to more minyanim, they would, they would learn more in a more hachasas orchim. We can't talk hachasas orchim people are far away. So you send the guest uh, five miles away. Right, your husband is a yitzvah He doesn't miss a minion, right? He was walks back and forth. Most people aren't there such. Aren't many Kevin's in this world? No, they're not. No. Uh, yeah. Two miles. And he walks. He doesn't miss a minion. Yeah, yeah, but, but most. Yeah. So, but, but yeah. So going back, I mean, you think about. It, I'm not. I'm not here. I'm not. We're analyzing here. We're not talking about individuals. We're talking about black. When you really think about it, though, how many mitzvahs this will this individual family lose because they didn't want to pack and unpack? A lot. I can guarantee you, I know the situation, a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of ruchness. And you know what happens? A day lost is a day. It's not a day. It's more than a day. Every day that you grow, you're, it's geometric. It's not arithmetic. 
I'm not blaming them. I understand. But when you really think about it, what's more important? I'm not saying if, if the house is five feet closer, let's move again. <laughs> you know? But you know what? You know what it is? So, you know, people tell me all the time. A, a, a guy told me he came to my class. He was passing through. He said he moved in Los Angeles to be in the area of... Right? He lived... He was not religious. He was in a Chabad in Hutzfeld there in Los Angeles. So he didn't just move for that. But, you know... Yeah, you don't have to carry on Shabbos. He was carrying. The person was carrying. That's serious stuff to carry on Shabbos. So he didn't want to carry. It wasn't, it wasn't an option for him, this person, whatever it is, to stay home or his kids. It's not easy to move. But when you think about it, if you really want to grow, you got to do what's, what you need. And I'm not saying that the family is wrong in this case. I'm just saying the calculation is serious. <laughs> That's all I'm telling you. You know, I, I don't know their insides, and I'm not there to, to push them. I'm here to, to encourage. We, ultimately, we know ourselves best. Um, but when you think about it, if you're looking for a comfort, you're going to lose out. Now, I can tell you, you should have guests all day long. you got to be normal. you got to know what you, what you can handle. But if you're looking for a comfortable Shabbos, uh, you know, a, a relaxing every Shabbos, you know, a relaxing night, you're going to lose out. You're going to be taking breaks in the, in the, in, when you can be in, in, the, in, the, in the safe, getting all the gold and platinum and silver and pearls and saying, losing out because you know what? You want to be in the safe, you want a fan. You need a fan. One second. You need a little bit of a, a lounge chair. I don't want to push myself. I don't want to do too much. So, Oymav says, Rizus is so we were nervous. They're nervous about everything. I can't do this. Oh, no, no, no. They're nervous. They don't want to do it. I, 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 I'm, you know, I can do this. I can do that. They're indecisive and nervous. They have no bitachon. You know, I can't. You know what it is for, for again, I, I, I am very circumspect about older people taking off for yeshiva. When you have established jobs and established lives, it's, it's, it's not a. I don't necessarily encourage that per se. Um, but younger people, if you're 21 years old, you have a whole life ahead of you. You crazy? Take advantage now. Oh! I'm telling you, I had these conversations. I don't know. I got to go to law school. I can tell you, law school can wait. I got to go to this. I got to do this. I got a million excuses. You know why? Number one reason, fear. I need to make a living. I got to do this. I'm telling you, the derech klal, as a general rule, somebody who goes to yeshiva at a, at a young age versus somebody not, it's two different galaxies. It's two different galaxies. Not always, and it's not everyone. There are people that push themselves. But it's two different galaxies. You know what it is to be in a place 24-7 that's revolving around, especially these people are usually bali tshuva. So like, you have a kid who goes to yeshiva, he's born that way. He had no choice. You choose to go somewhere. You choose. You're giving up to go. You get you most again. There's no guarantees. Most people gain tremendously. So what scares the person? I have this. I don't know. I I, I, uh, I gotta make a career. I gotta do this. I gotta do this. Right? And that's 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 a it can have a, a real big effect. Day in day out, there are people who. who you know, they're worried and they're nervous, don't do this. Kipam Yermeakor. Sometimes they want to go outside, it's too cold. It's too cold. I don't really care. I can go to Shir, it's too cold today. Sometimes it's too hot. It's, it's humid. Muggy. 
I'll, I'll daven at home. I'll, I won't go to the class. I'll listen. I'll do whatever. I, chesed, I can't go. It's a, there's a funeral. How many people there? There's 12 people without me. I don't know. I'm going to go. It's a hot day. It's a hot day. What are you going to do instead? I don't know. I'll read a book. I'll read a book. Too hot. I'm worried. Upam and Achalayim. I get sick. Upam and Aruach. This is not a joke. I've had this chus of convincing a few people to do Taharas. Before they do a Tahara, I can't do it. I'm going to have nightmares. You don't know me, Rabbi Levine. At night, I have a hard time sleeping. If I see a dead person, I'm going to... You did one today. I know. I know you did it today. So did the men. How uh, do you know everything? Rabbi Levine knows There's some things that are easy to know. I mean, I'm, I'm a rabbi of the shul. The things are in the shul, right? right? And I knew it would be yesterday. Some things I, I don't know everything. This, that's a hard thing to know. But I'm not, I'm not joking. There are people who told me they'll never do it Tahara. Why? Because they cannot see a dead person. They'll, they'll be traumatized for life with those words. Some, some people never do it, and some people actually do it, and they can, they're, they're doing it. And they, and they love it. It's a great mitzvah for them. What, what, so what was stopping them? The fear. So imagine, you know what it is to do a tara? You know, chesed shall emes you, lady, it's got a tremendous mitzvah. You, you help somebody, uh, eternity, you don't even realize. Uh, we, I don't realize, who realizes what we need to, to prepare someone for burial with chazal called chesed shall emes? Tremendous. What would you have done this morning if you didn't do a tahara? I'm sure nice things. But you got a tahara, you did a tremendous, a chesed achron for a person. There are many people, many people gain from it. Not only the, the mitzvah, they gain a perspective. I mean, I, I'll be frank. I, I was trying to genealogy. I asked my mother, I never saw this before. I asked my mother to send me my grandmother, my baba Mary, who passed away at 103. Um, her, she was interviewed by the Spielberg Foundation and another foundation. So I watched two hours of it yesterday. It was a fast day. I was like, I wasn't going to sit and learn Paul Basra in the middle of the fast day. Uh, my head was like, so I figured I was trying to get some genealogy information. So I'm watching this two hours of the Holocaust. I can't, I literally, I, I, you know, I had heard a lot of these stories in pieces. Watching two hours of this, first of all, I kept thinking, what miracles? Oh, I mean, it's, it's so mind-boggling that what she, that she went through. It's like so mind-boggling that I'm in this world, let alone my grandmother, you know, uh, to live to 103. I mean, it's so, so mind-boggling, you know, w- what she did. But you know what? At the end of the day, you know, I gained tremendously from watching this. I mean, I gained tremendously from just knowing who I am appreciating my gift of life, but like who my grandmother was. And there are people who... who, who who gain from doing Taharas tremendously. Tremendously. They gain perspective of, of the beauty of life, of, of the opportunities that we're here for. I say that every time I walk out of one. Yeah, I believe you. you know, it's I a be- very life-affirming experience. Yeah, yeah. And people find that a very odd response. No, no, no. Chazal said that. it really and truly is. So, but here's the thing. There are people who can gain, and they won't do it because they're scared. Now, it, it could be there are people who are legitimate... Fearful, but you gotta try it. Give it a try. What are you? What are you losing out? They, you know, in, in Yushalayim, you wish you could do a tahara. You would beg to do a tahara in Yushalayim. It's you know, it's not like you get a tahara. You, know, you can do a tahara. And there's so many things like that. There are people who never learn Gemara because they're always scared to men. They're always scared to start. They're always scared to start. Women should be scared to start. It's not for most women. Uh, uh, no, it's nothing. It's, it's just. It's like 
you know, women wearing pants. Not that it doesn't go. Um, and spiritually, I'm not a different discussion. It's not for now. But I hate to be counterculture in California, but it's not the right thing for most. If a girl learns it sincerely, not because she wants to be a man, in theory, there's nothing wrong. But um, that's for whoever's listening that's not here. Um, <laughs> maybe in like uh, different parts of the world. Um, I, I'm not doing that. Ju- I'm, not, I'm not doing that justice. But, but uh, I'm serious. There's so many people, that, whether it's learning or I, I, I'm actually, you know, what? I've heard young couples. Personally, they don't have guests because they're nervous. Oh, they're nervous. You can't imagine that, could you? They, they're nervous. I let that, to be nervous. What? I let guests to be nervous. You let the guests to be nervous. <laughs> uh, you mean I? I don't make my cooking. I don't know how to make challah. I don't make blah, 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 blah. It's you know, like you know. But on a serious, if you get the mitzvah, you know, I, 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 you gain tremendously by having guests. You, you get different ideas. You meet people. You learn about places. You know, you can make shidduchim that way. I'm not, you should know that, right? <laughs> you know, you have she's, a guest. She's done it alone. Right? She's done a lot. Uh, you know, you have a guest. You have a you have a get you have you have, you have, you, have, you have a guest. It's tremendously it, it's expanding. You meet all kinds of people. You get to, your husband has a chavusa with Gershon. Yes. How does he have a chavusa with Gershon? Because you hosted yeah. him. Yeah. How many hours over the years has your husband? How many hours... He lives in Kiryat Sefer. Sorry, he lives in Kiryat Sefer. Yeah, how many hours did your husband learn with him? Uh, every Sunday, like hour, hour and a half. For a few years already. Yeah, probably three or four years. Three or four years. And that hour, hour and a half, besides the Torah, it probably raises level and other things. You know why he has that? Because you, I guess. Yeah. That's why. I mean, there's... But what? I don't want... I can't do it. I, you know, there's so many things that a person is blocked from achieving because of fear. It's a person who's lazy says there's a lion in the street. Then you show, then you show there's a lot, the lion's not a problem. There's another thing. Fear. Fear is a blockage for achievement. Right? There are people who, who, let's say, won't go to yeshiva. Actually, a common thing that I've heard is I can't come to synagogue, Rabbi. Why? Because I don't know Hebrew. Yeah. You ladies, when you came out, did you know Hebrew? No. You're just learning it now. Absolutely. She's doing a great job. I heard. I, I've been said scoop. <laughs> um, right. I can't, I don't speak Hebrew. So the, the person will never come in and they'll never start the David because they don't know Hebrew. I mean, they won't walk in. I'm not trying to not, they won't walk in. I'm not trying to, so some people will come here for years, never learn Hebrew, and they'll get into other things. So I'm not, I'm not talking about laziness to learn Hebrew. I'm talking about fear to walk in the synagogue because they don't know Hebrew. Our sage is already... The, 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 the sinners were afraid in Zion. They were trembling. When one of the, it's actually Brachas, one of the, the, one of the sages saw a student being fearful. He said, Chata'at, you're, you're, you're This is what the Pasuk says in Tehillim. If you don't want to be scared, this is, this is a Guvaldic Pasuk. Betach, 
Have trust in Hashem, and you'll do good. Shchan Eretz Ure'emunah. Dwell on the alien and nourish yourself with faith. If you have emunah, that Hashem will help you. You make the effort, Hashem will help you. And it could be, by the way, that you are scared of dead people, but you want to do a mitzvah, Hashem will help you. One thing I'm positive, by the way, anyone, I'm not talking about, I have a hard time saying I expect this of myself, let alone anyone else, but I'm positive to say this. Anyone who wants to do a mitzvah, if you could be the dead, scared of dead people, could have a phobia, you will be helped. If you are so intent on doing that mitzvah, you will be helped. You will, you will overcome that fear, and you will do that mitzvah. I have a perfect example. Please. It's, I was petrified of what? learning Hebrew. Learning. I was petrified of learning Hebrew because I thought I was a dum-dum. And I started praying, and then Hashem has been blessing me. Okay, he's going to sum up, but we'll take out the sum next week so we can start off and, and review. Okay, thank you. Have a great night.